Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast because you missed us live, you can also send your questions to Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Well, today's Monday. It's the start of a new week. What's been going on, Doug? Not just the start of a new week. It's a new month. Oh, yeah, it is. It's yeah. February 4th. First, oh, I got to pay my rent. Couple Wait. of things going on. It is Black History Month. It's also uh, the month of Valentine's Day. Yeah, and um, yeah. So uh, President's hard to Day is this month too, right? What President's Day yeah. is this month? Too, yeah, right? and it's already January twenty twenty one's in the books. Yeah, isn't that crazy? How quickly time goes. It's mm-hmm. so fast, and a lot going on. It's uh, really cold. Believe it or not, if you live in the Jacksonville listening area, if you're in Folkestone, Georgia, Jacksonville, uh, on the west side of the intercoastal, there is a wind chill advisory. Mm. When when do we get those, right? <laughs> That's right. Right now, the winds are about 16 miles an hour, and the wind, I mean, the uh, temperature is 47 degrees right now. So it's going to get cool tonight. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be really cold. Uh, might be a good night for a fire here in Jacksonville. Yeah, it would. Our listeners on WMER and Meridian, uh, about the same, 45 degrees, 14 miles an hour. So it's cool there. Mom and dad, y'all better stay warm. I know they listen. And then up in Virginia, same 15 miles an hour, 36 degrees mm-hmm. right now. So wow. that's down below freezing uh, with the wind chills. So uh, stay warm up there in Virginia. Thank you guys for listening to us. We're excited to be here. You know, did you happen by chance to catch the whole GameStop thing Mm -hmm. and what was going on? So here's just a little interesting tidbit. If two weeks ago, Taylor, let's say you would have just taken $1,000, okay? If you would have just taken $1,000 two weeks ago, you could have you could have bought 125 shares of GameStop. Mm. I mean, that's over 100 shares, right? And that same thousand dollars today would be worth over sixty thousand dollars. Wish I had been on uh, Wall Street bets, right? <laughs> now, listen. One guy bought like uh, I don't know. He bought. Two million shares. Wow. At eight dollars a piece. And now has sold it. He sold it I mean at like something like three fifty, four hundred dollars a yeah. share. That that's I mean, that just is unbelievable. Yep. And so but that's not the real story. Because GameStop didn't do it. They didn't come out with a new plan for distributing video games. And that's what they do. They do video games. Mm-hmm. They do um, Xbox and PlayStation. They sell and rent games. Or they don't rent, but they sell games, mm-hmm. use games. But w- that company 
you you got to ask why would a company that's selling for eight dollars jump up to four hundred and eighty three dollars per share, almost five hundred dollars a share at its peak? Well, you know what happened is there was a group of guys that were online, and basically, you know what they did? They did a video game online. They said, "Hey." Let's see if we can drive the stock up. And it was on a site named Reddit, mm-hmm. which is a forum um, it, it, you can go to. And these people, investors, day trader investors, a bunch of young men said, hey, let's see if we can drive the stock up. Because what was going on, hedge fund managers and a hedge fund is when a bunch of people get, you know, they, they control other people's money mm-hmm. and they, they use algorithms and everything to invest in the stock market. And what happened was they drove the price up. They literally, by just word of mouth between social media and these forums, drove the price up. And when it and that happens, in order to cover their losses, these hedge funds have to buy calls, mm-hmm. which means they're betting it's going to go higher. And so it just continued to drive it up until a 1,700% increase hit. Mm. I mean, like... And uh, there's a uh, like a mobile app for phones called Robinhood that allows people to do trades on their phone. They stopped letting people buy the stock, which was really bad. Yeah, I like how they were called Robinhood. Yeah. You know, named after a guy who uh, robbed from the rich to give to the poor, and they decide to uh, you know suppress the poor so that the, their rich friends could uh, um, you know cover their losses and. Uh, kind of figure out how to how to respond to what was going on in the market. Well, here's the deal: in order for hedges to work, it has to be counterintuitive. In other words, uh, it follows a philosophy that's opposite of the funds or investment that you're trying to hedge. So, it, it, stay with me here. It's it really means that uh, these large, big, sophisticated investment firms. Um, they're very careful to make certain they don't have an unbalanced portfolio. They try to spread it across a lot of different things. But they they were betting that GameStop was going to continue to go down. Mm-hmm. And when it went up, and I mean, they bought large amounts of money. So literally millions of dollars was wiped out. I and think pe- it was billions. Yeah, yeah, billions. And people were being, uh, they were having margin calls, which means they had to come up with cash mm-hmm. that many of them didn't have. And so they, uh, it, it was just a really interesting day because it wasn't just Robin hood, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, who were two large firms also shut down people buying, but they could these still stocks. sell. Oh, you could yeah. sell, which does what? If you sell, it yeah. drives the stock down, mm-hmm. which helps who? Yeah. The hedge fund manager. Yeah. And yeah. so, there's a real problem here. It exposed something that people have known all along, but it also exposed something else, the frailty of the market. Mm. Because when you get a bunch of young 20, 30-year-old guys that say, hey, let's try to affect this fund, and so they just spread the word and people start buying, and it shoots up 1,700%. And it wasn't just GameStop. I think they also did it to AMC Theaters and mm-hmm. maybe a couple others, but... Uh, now I think Robin hood has prohibited like something like a hundred stocks from being, uh, so I, I don't see how they ever recover from doing that. I mean, no. 
that it shows you know that we have a two tiered system really I would say in America and not and, just in 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 uh, justice yeah but also in in, in, fi- in, in finance yeah, in finance and in a, a bunch of different areas and I think people um, you know are really pretty upset about this I think this uh, is hit has hit closer. Uh, to the average person than, you know, any of the censorship on Twitter or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's also, you know, crossed the uh, political divide. I mean, on the left and the right, people are, like, really upset that, uh, you know, the free market really isn't as free as uh, it appears, you know? Yeah, well, the other thing that's going to end up happening, too, is all this money that got wiped out is going to impact people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because some of these hedge funds, people... Uh, control things like California Teachers Fund, Pension Fund, mm. and other things. Um, that these these things are affect real people. And it's, it's I was thinking about it as I was reading uh, some of the articles about what was going on. You know, we we live in a video game generation. You and I like video games. Mm-hmm. My boys like video games. There's a real difference between playing Call of Duty, um, which is simulated guys in war, mm-hmm. and then being over in the middle of Afghanistan. And one of the problems that we had uh, with guys going to Afghanistan is they go over there. They've not really they've they've grown up with a Call of Duty mentality. Mm-hmm. And they get into real war. There is no reset. You don't get a rebirth. Mm -hmm. You don't get to start over. Your friends literally get shot. They get hurt. You see blood. It's real. This is not a video game. Well, in the same way, these guys said, hey, let's see if we can do this. And let's see if we can affect the price, not realizing how it's going to impact. Now, it did expose what you were talking about, this two-tier system. But it also is going to have some real consequences. And... There's going to be a lot of things that happen. I think the government will probably end up probably yeah. putting in some regulations as well. I, you know, to, to as best as I can understand it, what they did on Reddit was what the hedge funds do. And so the hedge funds have no, been... No, you're right. The hedge funds have been, been doing it. Yeah, they've been affecting people's lives, people's businesses for a long time. And now to get a taste of their own medicine, uh, yeah, they are, they are obviously with other people's money that they're working with. So there are everyday people who are going to get exposed, but I, I agree. I think, uh, you know, that the, uh, the head of the sec is calling for regulation, uh, yeah. uh is something else. And I, I think, uh, you know, we're quickly going to find that, uh, the world we live in is not quite what it was, you know, just a few years ago. Yeah. Um, because I think regulation is, is probably going to come out of this. Well, here's one of the things, do you think GameStop is worth $485? <laughs> no, it's not. And and that's a form of gambling when you really try to do that. And when we come back, I want to pick up on that before we jump into action today. All right. Well, stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. Uh, you are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We will be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. 
We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors and Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we talked in the first segment about uh, what was going on last week with uh, the GameStop stock and uh, kind of the the moves by, uh, I guess, if you will, the elites or the people with influence to uh, stifle um, the, the, uh, the ideas, the wants of people from Reddit from uh, Wall Street bets to uh, kind of short or to uh, get back at the hedge fund managers who are trying to short GameStop stock. Uh, so that's what we've been talking about. And if you haven't heard of it, heard about what's been going on, well, where you been? It's been it's been you know big news. Well, yeah. Listen, here's the thing: as believers, um, we have to be careful uh, because there's a difference between investing and gambling. I mean, there's an element of, of risk always involved when you invest in a company. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference between looking at a company and going, wow, you know, Taylor started this uh, microphone company, and he's got a good business plan. He's got all this, and I really like the direction of the company. I'm going to invest in that. That's different than a bunch of guys saying, hey, let's see if we can drive the price up. Let's go ahead, and we'll try to sell it. We're going to buy it, drive the price up with this artificial means, and hopefully we'll be able to make a lot of money quick off these people who are betting well, it's going to go low. I think what they they had heard about the short that was games that the hedge fund was trying to do on GameStop, and then they were getting their people out there to say, "Hey, uh, you know this this stock is no good." Blah 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 blah, and they you know they were upset at that and decided, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna fight back against what they're doing because you know the hedge funds they get people out there on TV on uh you know like fox news and stuff like that saying oh this stay away from this stay away from this this is dangerous when then they go and invest in it and make themselves a bunch of money when people you know so what's been going on in the start stock market for you know decades has been people gambling and speculating and a lot of them doing it with other people's money and so now that the average person is like you know what i'm gonna get my my foot in and in, in on the game you see that big tech and the government come out and say, nope, you can't do what everyone else has been doing. That, that's true. But what the point I'm making, though, is believers, though, who's sovereign ever over every roll of the dice? Who's sovereign over every investment company? I mean, like, so um, as believers, you know, the, the, the Bible is pretty clear when you go in and you read about um, 
you read about uh, the Psalms and the Proverbs, the wisdom of money quickly gotten. Mm-hmm. It's not really appreciated. And the, and that what I was trying to say earlier, O, is there's a difference between investing in a company because you see value in the company and investing in something because you see a potential big big reward high risk i think a lot of people were doing it because they were angry and they just wanted to no i agree with you in this situation but i'm saying but in that, general yeah. but but there's you, you've got to guard against the the lure of the big get rich mm-hmm. quick yeah. scheme mm-hmm. because that's easy it's easy i've known there's day traders that go out there and they make a big hit and boy they seem to be doing well but it's like vegas you yep. know um the house always wins mm-hmm. why why do they let some people win sometimes it's like advertising if you let one guy win and 20 guys you know or 2000 or ever how many guys lose you still are going to end up making more money but you just let that one guy win so that everybody else keeps putting their money in mm-hmm. and so when you think about um the the morality of the gambling itself we're living in a country now where People are playing the lottery all over the country. And the premise of the lottery is we take money from, you know, the lottery and we invest in education. But the reality is you have a lot. The lottery preys on a lot of poor people because Mm -hmm. a lot of poor people will take money at times they should be using for food and other items of necessity. And they buy lottery tickets in hopes of what? hitting it big yeah they want to hit it big but how many do and if you go if you go back and you look at all the past lottery winners of big lotto numbers or whatever look at how many of them really end up doing well with the money they have Mm -hmm. it ends up being a curse for most of them yet everybody's still hoping to get that big one we just had a billion dollar one like what last week Mm -hmm. and i think the odds of winning were one in 300 something million yeah you know what i mean so like there, like you say, when you don't have a lot of money, it would be wiser to even just put it in the bank. Um, you know, it might you might hit it big, but like you say, even if you do, most people are not prepared for what to do with that type of money, and a lot of people end up going broke. Well, you know, there was an article last week in the Wall Street Journal about gambling and about media coming together, mm. and so um, different types of gambling are coming together with each other and media outlets and so your casino gambling internet gambling sports betting daily fantasy aren't just you know niche places those those places used to be just certain people went Mm -hmm. up there i mean you might go to las vegas or something with a friend but you didn't you know it wasn't a, a big thing where you had access now a lot of people are getting involved all along and gambling companies are increasing combining with media companies to expand the reach so more Mm. people are exposed why because they get more money and the expansion is actually leading wall street analysts to predict faster growing revenue in the u.s because of this combination of media together and they say in the next five to ten years morgan stanley saw sees a 15 billion dollar sports betting Mm. and internet gambling market that's wow. huge, yeah. $15 billion. Uh, and they say by 2030, it'll be 30. Now, from a Christian perspective, what does that tell us? 
the world around us. Uh, and listen, it's easy for us to get sucked into that. But who's sovereign over every pull of the handle, every roll of the dice? If you believe in God, if you believe he cares about your soul, he believes about you as an individual, um, then what does he say in his word? What What are we commanded to do? We're commanded to work. Yeah. I mean, that that's really what we're supposed to be about. It, it's not supposed to be this easy life. Mm-hmm. Of get it now. Publishers Clearinghouse. Everybody wants Publishers Clearinghouse. You know, you're buying the magazines, you're getting the stamps. You don't have to buy anything, yeah. but everybody does because they think that if they buy something, they got a better chance. But the bottom line is in all of it. And listen, I I had a problem with gambling early on and in, in my marriage and early on in my my you know adult life. And it, it it took God revealing to me that he is sovereign over everything to realize that why why would I want to glorify money quickly gotten that requires no I mean what glory does that bring to God? I mean what if you used to, to, it? what if you gave it all away? Everybody always says that. You know, if I win it I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this all away. And well, they, they never do. Yeah. I want you to find one example of somebody winning a lottery and giving at least a quarter of it away. So, uh, well, I just you were, you were saying money quickly gotten. So I was thinking of like what happens if you know a relative dies and you're oh, left. No, no, with no, a, no. I'm not really talking about that because that's that's God blessing you with some resources that are His, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's this thing that takes place in gambling. Yeah, where where there's especially for athletes. A- athletes are very prone to it mm-hmm. because it's so competitive. And, you, and, and a lot of times the athletes aren't drawn to it because of the win of the money. They're drawn to it because the of the thrill. fight. Yeah, yeah the, the thrill of the game itself, mm-hmm. trying to keep winning, keep winning, keep winning. I, I, I'll win next time because they're so driven mm-hmm. to competitiveness. And so um, you, you just really got to guard. And I'm just saying as believers, we have to realize our witness affects other people. And I know people... I have a good friend who's a minister who has no, he has no problem with gambling. You know, I mean, as far as like him, like he does, he's not going to be addicted to mm-hmm. it and all this, but what if he decided to play with somebody who is addicted to it? Yeah. And then that person goes, well, he's doing it. He's a minister or mm-hmm. he's doing it. He's a Christian. It's okay. So listen, that's like Romans 14, right? Yeah. The, yeah, the, the meat from the, the meat. titles. Yeah. So I, I think it's one of those meat issues that people have to really work through. But from a, um, a, a countrywide perspective, we are seeing a proliferation in gambling across our country. Yeah, which seems to be an indication towards, you know, moving away from Christian morals and ethics, you know. And that's uh, to me, that's that's like a symptom of, of us doing that. And I think that's not a good thing because, like you said, people do get uh, addicted to it. Um, yeah. You know, for me, it's I've not, never been – uh, tempted with that because I like I like to keep my money for what I want to keep it for. But uh, yeah, it, it can really get at people, and it's uh, the fact that we're kind of making it easier is you know from a libertarian point of view is like oh well you know let people do what they do. But yeah. Yeah. you know from a Christian perspective, it, it it's not something that bodes well for the society. I would say. Okay, so let's say you worked really hard and you got, or let's say you got ten thousand dollars given to you by a relative. 
and somebody said, hey, I've got an opportunity here for you to roll these dice. And if you roll a seven, I'll double that money and I'll give you $20,000. Nope. All right. But yet somebody can come to you and say, hey, man, I got a tip on this stock and it's going to be unbelievable. People across this country fall prey to that. And a lot of times it's the same thing as rolling the dice Mm -hmm. because they haven't done any investment. They don't know anything about a company. They don't know anything about the value of the company. They just are going on a tip or on somebody's perception or some word of advice. And and I just think that you've got to be really careful. We are called to invest in things of value. Mm-hmm. And gambling, whether it's in the stock market or whether it's in casinos, is based on luck. But we know it's not. It's mm-hmm. really God's sovereignty over that. But there's no perceived value in how many t- times you can throw a seven, right? right. I mean, like, uh, so... I just think that you've got to keep that in mind as we're going and I, watching what happened. I mean, like even with me, I thought, man, if I'd have just bought this many shares of GameStop two weeks ago, it would be worth this. It's real easy to fall prey to that kind of thinking, and it's real easy to be in hindsight, like, oh, I should have done it. But how many other you know solicitations for, hey, this big thing's going to pay off that you know you don't take up and it ends up being a good thing because that was really going nowhere, you know? So the, the one or two times that it does hit, it's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I could have, should have, would have, but it's still prudent to not fall prey to stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, and I don't even know if you know this, I just saw this today that, that now people are and they're betting on historical horse races. Have you heard of this? No. Yeah. Yeah. That there's it's historical sports betting. Uh, it's based on the fact that people are gambling on races or a system based upon races that took place long ago. <laughs> I mean, that's bizarre. Yeah. All right. Anyway, you can even get really get down the rabbit hole if you <laughs> that's let yourself. Gambling right? mania, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We are up against the news break. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, A Store and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. You are listening to SWAT Radio. We will be back with more after the news. David Crowder with All My Hope. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us this week, we are going to be looking at Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 26. Um, and we're going to be talking about uh, the disciples uh, re uh, getting an, uh, the 12th disciple after what happened with Judas. I don't want to get into it too much since that's what we're going to be talking about. But well, That's okay. You can, you can get into it a little bit. I mean, the, the whole 
a thrust of uh, the text this week is about God choosing and calling his people um, to serve him. And he, he has a specific purpose for everyone. You know, we, we tend to go through life thinking, well, we're just randomly here. or We're just, you know, why am I here? Some people wonder why they're here. You know, you may be out there listening today and you may be going, I'm doing, I feel like a, a rat in the cage, just doing the, the wheel, same thing every day, same old mundane routine. But everybody that is uh, here, that is his child, that is, he's chosen and called to be his follower. He has, he called you to, serve him in a specific way. He wants you to be his witness to people that he brings you into contact with. He wants you to fulfill a purpose for your life. Taylor can't fulfill a purpose for my life. I can't fulfill a purpose for Taylor's life. Yeah. Uh, I can't fulfill a purpose for my wife's life. I mean, I he has given her a calling. He's given me a calling. And he's called us and chosen us to serve him as our sovereign king. And, you know, I do want to say this. Lori and I watched a message yesterday. We were watching uh, uh, John MacArthur talk about really um, our country and not just our country. He was he was more in, uh, accurately talking about the fact that, um, and I hadn't thought about this very much, but, you know, the freedom of religion is is okay for a country not impose but we shouldn't advocate for people to want to follow idols you know i mean that that's not something we as believers should be okay with Mm -hmm. i mean we can't force people to believe that jesus is the christ and god the one true living god is the own god we can't force them but we should never advocate for that right as believers we should be praying for um, people that believe in the one true God and that that's, that's what we should want for people. We should be a witness for the one true living God. And um, we should call things what they are. And he was actually speaking about um, people. He was talking about Samuel and the people of Israel and how they tried to do things and say it was God and it was not God. They put their hands when Uzzah put his hand on the cart, mm. his hand wasn't holy because he was human and he was not supposed to do that. And he presumed to do it and he died right away. And, you know, we, we look and we look at what's happening and what people are saying. And, you know, people can say what they want about Donald Trump as a president and his character but he ruled for Christian causes in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, he uh, put judges on the court that stood up for Christian causes. And the president that we have now, who's our leader that we have uh, allowed to be up there, and uh, God has sovereignly allowed to be on the throne, which I think is um, a judgment against us, mm-hmm. uh, put his hand on the Bible big bible and uh made an oath but yet when he made the oath his belief system elevates 
the murder of babies in the womb. His belief system elevates the belief that transgenderism is a civil right. His belief system elevates the fact that homosexuality is okay and good and should be a protected status by the government. And so to put your hand on the Bible and then advocate for those very things that go against God and his word really is an abomination. And it's funny that, you know, kind of the way you laid that out, it reminds me of the parable about the son who says he's going to go do something and then never goes and does it. And the other son who says, no, I'm not doing that. And then he ends up going to do it. And, you know, a lot of people were like, uh, well, you know, Trump is this way and this way and this way. So I can't vote for that and not looking at what the platform is and saying, oh, you know, well, Biden, he's he's a devout Catholic, we've been told. And then everything he's done has been, you know, anti what the Catholic Church stands for. I won't say everything, but, you know, well, a lot of what he has done. So that of, reminds me of But a lot of that. the things that he is standing for are in direct opposition to God's design mm-hmm. and his word. And so, but getting back to Acts, when Luke wrote Acts, he was writing to a group of people that were dealing with emperors that were far worse than our president mm-hmm. as far as uh, standing for immorality. And... um you know, when you think about this text, Acts 1, 12 through 26, really it's about God choosing a man to stand in the gap and be one of the 12 that would proclaim the gospel on the day of Pentecost to people who were Jews from all over the country. And so uh, we, we're in Acts chapter 1, which is really the introduction of Luke to the birth of the church and the continuing work of Jesus through his followers. And we're about to see the coming of the Holy Spirit, which um, Luke lays out really, I mean, he detailed, he talks about what happened. And uh, this week at SWAT, we're going to be looking at chapter two where the Holy Spirit comes. But in chapter one, it's really the preparation for the coming of the Spirit, the preparation for the birth of the church. Think of it this way. It's like the labor pains have been going on and we're about to have the birth of the church. And so Luke lays out in uh, Acts that um, it's all about the expansion of God's people um, as the church taking the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus and his people. And you see this phrase repeated over and over, uh, either the church increased or the word increased. The church multiplied, the word multiplied. And so there's this uh, equating the church and the word together. So the church's mission is to proclaim the word. And the theme of all preaching in Acts is the risen Christ. And last week we looked at uh, in 1 through 11 of chapter 1 uh, that he calls us to teach his message, which is repentance and belief, repentance and receiving the forgiveness of God's gospel, repenting and saying, I believe that Jesus is Lord. I believe that he saved me, and I want to receive that. I want to repent from leading my own life, and I want to trust him. But we're also taught to teach his priority, which was the kingdom of God. It was it was looking at life through the biblical perspective, trusting his power. Uh, he tells them to go and wait till they get power from on high, and that's the Holy Spirit, and then to follow his plan, start in Jerusalem and expand, start local and expand out. Well, this week... We're going to look at one twelve through 26. 
And we see God's men, first of all, follow Jesus with an abiding love. They obey. An abiding love means to walk with him. And he says in John 14, if you love me, then you'll keep my commandments. You'll obey me. And so that's the first thing we see as we look at this text. The disciples who are now walking with him, abiding, that they're walking with him with an abiding love. They obey him when he tells them to go to Jerusalem. And that was no easy task. Because where were they from? Oh, Galilee. They were from Galilee. Yeah. And what had happened in Jerusalem? Jesus had been crucified. Mm-hmm. And they were associated with him. So to go back there, he says, go wait for me in Jerusalem. So that's what they did. Or they would have known that they weren't, you know, they were from Galilee. Oh, yeah, they would have known. Yeah, but but the way they talked and the way they carry themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second, we see in verses 15 through 20 this week that God's men see their circumstances through a scriptural lens. In other words, we view the things going on around us not from the perspective of culture or the world, but we see it through a biblical lens. And I don't know if that describes you if you're listening today, but when you go through difficult times or you go through anything, are you are you seeing it through the lens of Scripture? You can't see it through the lens of Scripture if you're not reading God's Word. And so um, you got to be able to see through the scriptural lens. Jesus was always pointing back to the Old Testament text because that's how he interpreted what was going on for the disciples took them to the text and then third in the last part we see that god's men are chosen and called to serve a sovereign lord we're not just chosen and called to be saved we're not just chosen and called to sit comfy in a lifeboat we're called and chosen to serve him who's our sovereign and we see that in the selection of matthias that God chose him specifically for that task in the same way God chose Matthias, he he chose you. And so I'm going to have Taylor read the text, and then when we come back, we're going to just start in with looking at this first aspect of following him with an abiding love. So uh, Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 26. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the, ancient, uh, from the mountain called Olive, which is near Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus? Alphaeus. Yeah. Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers... The company of persons was in all about 120 and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those arresting Jesus. All right, we're going to stop there because we are up against the break. Stick with us. We'll finish the passage after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. 
Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. City lights, my world from a mile high. Best seat in the house tonight. Touchdown in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop. Breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos. That is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we were reading through um, Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 26, and I'm going to read. Uh, 12 through 14. Again, we are looking at 12 through 26 today or uh, this week, but I'm going to read 12 through 14. Um, Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So we are looking at that today. If you have any questions about that, you can call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. Yeah, so they returned to Jerusalem, it says. So here's the picture. All right. They were, we know from Luke um, and his gospel and also this chapter that when Jesus ascended, he was on the eastern side of the Mount of Olives, which was towards Bethany. Mm-hmm. And it says that after he ascended, it said, then they returned to Jerusalem. Now, why would that have been scary? I said earlier, one reason it would have been scary is because... Um, Jesus had been crucified there and it had only been what 40, 50 days, uh, and actually 40 days. And he told them that he's leaving and then he leaves, tells them they're going to be witnesses, told them to go wait. And so he's not there. So he got crucified there. They saw him and mm-hmm. then he leaves. So sometimes we don't feel like he's around I'm sure that's why they were looking up. Yeah. You know, when the guy said, Hey, what are you looking up for? Go do it. And then they went. It says they went. And we see obedience. They obeyed. They returned to Jerusalem. And that's really a I think a huge point for us that we often uh we often make obedience to Jesus conditional. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of times with Jesus, whether he says something in the word 
whether I mean, when we go, even when we go to church, oftentimes when we're listening, or even if there's people listen to this as we're reading the Bible and we're we're speaking, I'm not talking about you and me talking about GameStop or mm-hmm. stuff in the news. I'm talking about when we read the text of Scripture and it's clearly delineated a command. His commands are imperatives; they are not optional for us. So. If we don't obey him, what does that indicate? Do we really love him? When people go, well, I'm just flawed. You know, we, we, we take that. Well, we are flawed, but our desire should be to obey him. Jesus said in John 14, if you love me, then you'll you, keep my commandments. You'll obey me. Yeah, you'll keep keep my commandments. And they did. And so notice it says that they returned to Jerusalem. Um, from the Mount uh, called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. So a Sabbath day journey is about a half a mile, 2,000 cubits, uh, you know, roughly 3,000 feet, you know, about a half a mile. And so, um, and it says they went, when they had entered, they went to the upper room. They were staying in the upper room, which is, if you've been to Jerusalem, which I've been there and I've been inside that, eastern gate area that's about where the upper room they think was Mm. and so they went down there and they stayed in the upper room and they would kind of use that as a command post or a place to stay and they were going from there to the temple which it wasn't far from the southern steps where jesus taught them and that's probably where they were going to hang out when they would go pray Mm -hmm. this would be at the southern steps area and we'll see why a little later, why that might be a possibility. But anyway, they were going from the upper room inside there to that southern steps area. And it says who was there, Peter, John, James, and Andrew. They're always mentioned first. There was like three different squads, mm-hmm. you know, and Peter, James, John, and Andrew were always in that first squad, Peter being the leader. We see that in the way Jesus interacted with him. And even his interaction here today and what we'll see the rest of this week and next week. And and so when they went there, you see the names given. But then it says, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. And together with the women, now the women were Cleopas, Mary Magdalene, the, peop, the women that had followed him, Salome and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Now, I want to bring out something that's interesting. His brothers, James, these are his half-brothers through, you know, because Jesus did not come from Joseph. Jesus came from God mm-hmm. that just used Mary's womb as a place to grow. But James, his half-brother, and Jude came from Joseph's loins, and he they were his half-brothers. And in John chapter 7, they did not believe in him. Yeah. John chapter seven, they thought he was crazy. In fact, they said, we got to get him out of here, you know, or, or go prove yourself. And so what happened between John chapter seven and here, first Corinthians 15, seven tells us, it says that he appeared to James and uh, James, the half brother of Jesus ended up becoming the leader of the Jerusalem church. And he was martyred, right? Yes, he was. Yeah. But what's so am- amazing as you really stop and think about it is that his brothers, 
you know, didn't believe while he was on earth. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that might have been? Because they saw him. Yeah. They were there. Obviously, his mother, Mary, believed, but his brothers weren't. They were skeptical. Do you think there might have been some jealousy there? Yeah. Do you think there might have been some, like, brotherly jealousy? He's always right. Mm-hmm. I mean, how would you like having Jesus for a brother? I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, can you imagine yeah. the kind of uh, pressure that puts on you? Yeah. Uh, I mean. But I never really thought about, though, implicitly, that that's kind of calling their mom a liar, though. Well, yeah, they're, well, they're thinking, yeah, but see, kids always think their moms just favor other kids. Or yeah. They're, well, I they're just easily meant, deceived. Because if know? he wasn't the Messiah, then that would mean that he wasn't of God, and that means their mom had to done something, you yeah. know, that she shouldn't have done before she was married. Yeah. Right? So I, I didn't, just when you were saying that, I was like, oh, man, that, that kind of implicitly implies, you know, that implies that you think she was lying about everything. Yeah, even though they probably would not have said that. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, exactly. Culture. But but don't miss this that he appeared to them and then james ends up not only being the leader of the jerusalem church but he writes the book of james which talks about what a faith that is without action is no faith at all mm. and he does end up giving his life you know in martyrdom and then jude who says contend earnestly for the faith this is another half brother so these two brothers are now in this room here or, and then going to the temple and praying with the disciples along with Mary and the women. And we don't have time to get into it today. But when we come back tomorrow, you really, you might want to pay attention tomorrow and tune in because we're going to be talking about why is it significant that this is the last place that Mary's mentioned in the Bible. Mm. And that she's listed here, but she's not a leader here. And it's also interesting to me that James doesn't lead here. Peter, not the brother of Jesus, not the one who grew up with him, who saw him, but that was not James's role, nor Jude's role. It was Peter's role to lead that. That's what Jesus said. Peter, you're the rock. And you know what? You, Peter, when you've Come back. I want you to strengthen the brothers. He didn't make that pronouncement to any other disciple that we know of. So Peter had the role of being the leader there, and it wasn't Mary, and it wasn't James, and it wasn't Jude, or it wasn't John or any of the others. It was Peter. And that's very significant because God has a unique role for each one of us. And the only other thing I want to point out is, A lot of Pentecostal people teach and believe that prayer is a condition of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and they reference this. That is not the context to what's going on here. They say that you have to ask for it. That's not true. Jesus told them, go and wait. He just told them to go and wait. I really believe the reason they were praying was not to get the Holy Spirit but to have a conversation with Jesus again and to talk to him and to, to converse with him and to meditate, you know, and hopefully commune with him as God, the son who is now intervening uh, in the presence of God, the father for, for them. Mm-hmm. And this is really the first time that they can do that. Right. Because he'd been there with them for 40 days. I don't think they were doing that right after he left till the resurrection. 
they were scared to death. They yeah. scattered. They didn't know what was going on. Then he comes back and teaches them for 40 days about what? The kingdom. Do you think he didn't teach them what we read about in Hebrews? Mm. That, hey, I'm going to go to the Father and I'm going to go, I'm going to be intervening for you in the presence of the Father. So ask. Remember, I told you, ask anything, I'll give it. So just ask. I really believe that they were communing with him, not asking for the Spirit. And I think that's faulty theology to say that you've got to ask to get the Holy Spirit to be the, that baptism of the Holy Spirit does not come as a result of asking. It comes sovereignly from the Lord God Almighty to his children when they repent and it fills them. Mm-hmm. But it's his sovereign timing. We're going to see that this week in the SWAT meetings and next week on the radio. But just keep that in mind that they were praying, they were obeying, and that's what it means to have an abiding love. That In John 15, Jesus says what? He says, you know, you have to abide in me to produce fruit. And too often I think we're like a trying to duct tape apples on an orange tree. <laughs> it ain't. It, you can put those apples out there on the, the branch, but guess what? It ain't going to grow. It ain't getting any nutrients, right? Mm-hmm. So the sole responsibility of the branch is to stay connected to the vine. And that's what it means to follow him with an abiding love. So tomorrow we're going to come back and we're going to pick up on Mary and talk about that significance of her being mentioned here. Cool. Right. Real quick question. The upper room that's mentioned, that's the same one from uh, when Jesus, like the night before he died, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Most yeah. people think that. All is. right. I just wanted to make sure because that's what I thought. Yeah. All right. That's all the time we've got for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. At SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. See you tomorrow. If you missed a SWAT Radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT Radio is strengthening